have you part of every single detail, part of my every day in all of my life. God wants to be part of every single detail, and that's how he's called us to live. Every part of your life? Yes, every part of our life. And tonight, we're talking about the end game when it comes to family and friends. Family and friends. And, and really, we're going to be focusing in on family, but uh, we'll, we'll be hitting on friends as well a little bit throughout the night. And so last week, we talked about, last week we talked about school, and we talked about how everybody just hates school, they get through it, they graduate, and they move on, but not us. Everyone say, not us. And, and we talked about how it's not that you have to be there, but that God has you there. And, and I've already been hearing stories since last week about how God's been using some people at their school in a new and a significant way. It's been so, so, so rad. Hey, if you go to Chaparral High, by the way, our boy Levi, where, where are you at, Levi? There you are, Levi. Whoa, you're not on lights. Let's go. That's because he's helped train someone and enabled them and passed that off. Levi, who's usually in the back on lights, tomorrow he's going to be sharing a little bit of his heart at Chaparral High. He's going to be speaking, roll through. Man, and, and stories like Levi's where he's standing up for his faith on a school campus is not irregular. It's not it's not out of the ordinary. We're hearing that left and right from you guys. And, and I've heard a ton of stories since last week. And we talked about how it's not that you have to be there, but God has you there. And I think it's the same thing with your family. Don't think for a moment that you just so happen to be born into this family. That you just so happen to be a part of that group of friends. That you just so happen to be the middle child. Where's my middle children at? I love you so much, you guys. You're my people. I love you, middle children. Mom and dad don't even remember our birthday, let alone our name. Come on, somebody. My birthday's in eight days, by the way, in case you're curious. Yep. I wear a size 11 shoe, just if you're curious. Large in most t-shirts and sweaters. Uh um, I think in the same way as school, you don't have to be there. God has you there. He's placed you there. With your family, don't think for a moment that you just were born into this family by random. No, God's placed you into that family. You're called to be in that family. You are anointed and appointed to be there. Don't think anything otherwise, even for a second. God's called you into that family. You had to be there. You ever... Um, 660-247 is calling me. I had to take my phone off of airplane mode for a quick second because I sent a flirty uh, text to my wife real quick right before this. It wasn't a flirty text. It wasn't a flirty text. It was, babe, can you check the clock in the back and make sure they gave me my appropriate time? Um, like, like you ever, you ever, you ever telling a story and like when you were in the story, like it was happening in real time, real life, it was like the funniest thing that's ever happened. And you're like, oh my gosh, this was amazing, the best moment. And then you're telling your friend and like sitting across from like a table at a coffee shop, you're telling them. And then you get to the funny part, the punchline, the hilarious thing that happened. And you're dying laughing because it was awesome. And then they're sitting there like. Uh. I, I don't know, I don't get what's, what's so funny? I don't know, why, you, could you calm down? You're embarrassing me here at Intaza, like you need to chill out, like what's wrong with you, come on, like, what is this? and you're like, uh, no, cause like, and then you tell them again, expecting a different result, and you're like, and then, blah, 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 huh? And they're like, I still don't get it, <laughs> what are you talking about? 
And, and then you end, you end the whole thing like feeling so deflated and discouraged and like low-key embarrassed, and you just end with the, I guess you had to be there. I, I, you, you had to be there. Can I tell you with your family, you had to be there. You're not there randomly. God has you there for a purpose, for a reason. You're not there by accident. It's not a mistake. It's not a mishap. It's not, uh, it's not arbitrary. It's not random. God has you there for a reason. Uh, tonight, as, as we're getting through the, like, like this idea of family and, and end game, I want you guys to, to keep that in mind. Like you weren't just born into a family. You had to be there. And, and God wants to use you. Me? Yeah, you. Me? Yes, you. Look at your neighbor. Say you. Look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second. Say you, even though I chose you second. But it's cool. Yes, you. God wants to use you in your family. Oh, but they don't care. No, my, my parents, my family, no, all of them, like, they don't go to church like me. They, they just, they don't care. They don't care. Like, um, okay, you didn't care about eating your broccoli when you were seven, but there's a difference between, like, what you care about and what you need, right? Like, like you be a, my family doesn't care. Well, I, I was talking to this student um, earlier this week um, who, uh, they were going through our next seven days videos, and, and the student was like, man, I was watching the video, and someone in my family, they started cussing me out because I was watching these videos that should be bringing me closer to God. And I don't know what to do, and how should I walk this out now that I'm saved, now I'm a believer. I think I should respond differently than I used to. I just don't know how, and I was walking that out. And, like, I don't think for a second that that student just so happened to be in that family. No, God called them to that family, and even though it seems like they don't care and they, they have no interest, no, 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 God has them there to share his love, his grace, his mercy, and his story with them, even when they're cussing them out for being close to Jesus. Oh, they don't care. No, they, I promise you, I promise you, as time goes, you'll realize they do care. Well, my family's already, some of you guys in the room be like, well, my family's already a Christian. I know a lot of Christian families that fell apart. I know a lot of Christian families that were walking with Jesus and then five years down the line, mom and dad get divorced and everything's broken and that there's abandonment and hurt and all that. Let me say it like this. Christians need Jesus just like everybody else. Christian, or you're like, well, what about my friend? Well, my friends aren't interested. You ever just feel like your friends aren't interested in God? Like your friends aren't interested in Jesus? You know what I'm saying? Like, like no, they're interested. See, everybody's interested. The reality is that uh, uh, they're, they're looking like, for that fulfillment, because everybody, you hear this all the time. I just feel like there's more to life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just called to, to bigger and better things, you know? And like, yeah, we all feel that. You know why? Because there is more to life. His name's Jesus. You are called to bigger and better things. It's called a relationship with Jesus. The issue is they're looking for love in all the wrong places. What's the end game when it comes to family comes to friends, God wants to use you. Me? Yes, you. You? Yes, you. But here's the thing, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. Here's our, here's our sermon in a sentence. I gave you the series in a sentence. Here's our sermon in a sentence, broken down. Everything we're going to talk about comes down to this. We're called to reach our family and friends with the love of God, whatever it takes. Someone shout, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Did anybody watch Degrassi? No? Okay. Come on now. 
That was back when Drake, before Drake was Drake. Come on, somebody. He was just some Canadian dude who played basketball on his high school team. <laughs> and then he got shot at his school. And like, just go watch Degrassi. It was a great show. Or don't. Uh, maybe don't watch Degrassi. I don't know. Don't listen to me. Listen to your parents, whatever they say. So tonight we're talking about this guy named Joseph in, in Genesis chapter 45. And Forgive me, but I, I have to contextualize uh, the scripture we're going to get to. So basically, I'm going to give you like a really quick rundown of the life of Joseph. So Joseph was, uh, Joseph was the favorite in his family. Who's the favorite in the family? You, you're a favorite in your family? Like your mom and dad's favorite? No doubt about it. Okay, everybody else in the room hates you. You're the worst. Like I was not the favorite. Um, I was my mom's favorite for a couple years, and then my little sister was born. Brittany is definitely the favorite, and I love her and hate her at the same time. Brittany, if you're watching the podcast, I love you. <laughs> like, Here's the thing, though. Joseph was the favorite, and then Joseph has a dream. Joseph is not only a favorite, he's the youngest. Where's the youngest at? You're the youngest of all your siblings. Everybody else in the room hates you. You're the worst. Uh, so probably if you raise your hand for the first one, you just raise your hand for that second one. So Joseph's the youngest of a ton of brothers. He had a ton of brothers. And Joseph has a dream about his other brothers and the rest of his family that at one point his big brothers, older brothers, older siblings are bowing down to him. Now that's... A bad, don't share that dream with your older brothers, you're going to get beat up, right? And that's exactly what happens. Joseph's brothers are furious. They're like, are you kidding me? Who do you think? You're our master? So they beat him up, they throw him into a pit, and then they're like thinking about killing him. And then one of the brothers is like, come on, guys, what are we, savages? We're not going to kill the guy. Let's just sell him into slavery. I'm like, oh, how gracious of you. And so they do. They sell him into slavery, and then these people take him out of his homeland, and they take him to Egypt. In Egypt, they sell him to a guy named Potiphar. Potiphar was the, like, big ballin' military leader who lived in a big palace, and then Joseph just had, like, favor in Potiphar's house and basically became Potiphar's right-hand man. And so it was actually a pretty good, like, deal. He ended up living in Potiphar's house. He got to play Potiphar's PlayStation. Like, he got to use the pool and the jacuzzi and get all the barbecues. It was a pretty cool deal. One problem, Potiphar's wife was thirsty. <laughs> and and she, liked, she liked her some Joe. She was like, oh, I'll take a cup of Joe, and I'm not talking about no coffee. <laughs> And Joseph's like, no, 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 because I don't want to betray Potiphar, my master, and I'm definitely not going to betray God. So she just keeps on trying to get at him, and he's like, no, 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 no. And then one day he's going into the house, going about his business as Joseph's, Joseph, as Potiphar's right-hand man, and then, um, and then Potiphar's wife, like, pops out from a corner like, hey, sleep with me in the biblical sense. And then he's like, ah! No, and he goes to run, but she grabs his cloak, and back in that day, like, you didn't wear no undergarments, so he went streaking through the entire, like, palace area to get away from this girl, and so Potiphar's wife, embarrassed all this, she lies and said, he tried to rape me, and then so Potiphar believes his wife and sends Joseph to prison. Now it's time for dream episode two. There's, a guy, there's two guys in prison with him. One's named a cup, one's a cup bearer. Uh, basically, he would test the pharaoh, the king. He would test all of his drinks before he drank them to make sure that they weren't poison. Imagine if that was your minimum wage job. Like, here, drink this. Make sure it's not poison. You're like, how much am I getting paid? At that time, it's like half a denarii a day, like two cents a day, a week, you know, and you're like, oh, this job sucks. But 
ooh, Hawaiian punch is good here. It's not poison. Like, and that's was this guy's job. And there was another guy. There was a cupbearer, and there was a baker. And so they both have dreams when they're in prison, and they're like, man, we don't know what our dreams mean. And then Joseph's like, I could tell you what they mean. Here's what it means. When are you all going to die, and when are you guys are going to actually get released from prison and go back to working for Pharaoh? It's exactly what happens. The baker dies. The cupbearer goes back to Pharaoh. And then Joseph's like, hey, I told you what your dream meant. Just remember me. Don't forget me. What does the guy do? He forgets him, right? And so Joseph's still in prison. Now it's time for dream episode three. Pharaoh has a dream, and he doesn't know what it means. And it's this reoccurring dream that he keeps, that keeps happening. So he's like, I know this means something. I just don't know what it means. And then the cupbearer is like, light bulb, but bing, I got a guy who can tell you, homie's still in prison. It's been years. I'm low-key guilty, but it's okay. So they go get Joseph. They get him all, like, shaven up. They take him to the barber. They put on some nice clothes. They put him before Pharaoh. And then Joseph tells Pharaoh exactly what his dream meant. He says, there's going to be a famine in the land. There ain't going to be no food. There ain't going to be no grain. There's going to be nothing. People are going to be starving. And then Pharaoh realizes, oh my gosh, this guy Joseph's something else. God's with this dude. He's favored. And then the famine happens. Everything starts happening exactly how Joseph said. And Pharaoh says, Joseph, you're going to be my right-hand man. So he went from prison to second in charge of the known world. That's what ended up happening. That and so the famines, it's, 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 it's happening. People are starving to death, including Joseph's family. Now catch this. Joseph was put in charge of all the grain, all the food, everything that was left in all of Egypt. Joseph was the one that everybody had to go to to get their food because he was rationing it. Because Pharaoh realized Joseph is really smart and he's really strategic. And so I'm going to make him the one in charge of all of the food to ration it to make sure we get through this famine. And so people had to come to Joseph to get their food. Guess who ends up in front of Joseph to get their food? The brothers that beat him up and sold him into slavery. Here's the crazy part. They didn't realize it was him. They had, he's now an adult. He's, a, he, he's an adult now. And they hadn't seen him since he was a kid when they beat him up, threw him in the pit, and then sold him into slavery. So they don't realize it's him. But Joseph knows that it's them. And now this, is, this brings us to our, to our scripture here in Genesis chapter 45. If you're there, say amen. If you need more time, say hold up. All right, I'll give you a second. I'm going to take a drink of water, and then we're going to read this. All right, we're going to read eight verses tonight. Genesis chapter 45. If you don't have a Bible, open it on your phone. If you don't have a phone on your uh, Bible on your phone, it'll be on the Sky Bible. Hey, can we do this? Can you do me a favor? Could you stand in honor of the reading of God's word? Would you stand to your feet in honor of the reading of God's word? I've been liking doing this lately just as a moment of saying, man, people have died so that we can hold God's word in our hand, and I like honoring that. Yeah, come on now. Genesis chapter 45, verse number one. Remember, remember this moment, what this moment is. Joseph's brothers are standing in front of Joseph because they need, they need food or they're going to die. But they don't realize that it's Joseph. But Joseph knows that it's them. And then, verse 1, Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room. And he said to his attendants, out, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers. And he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly that the Egyptians could hear him. And word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? His brothers were speechless, and they were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer, is what he says to his brothers. Please come closer. So they came closer, and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery. Remember that? 
Like, some of y'all thought you had it bad, like your brother like gave you a noogie or a dead arm or a wedgie. They sold him, he's like, yeah, I'm your brother, the one you sold into slavery. Remember that? Like, awkward. And so his brothers are thinking at this point, oh no, we do remember that. And what's coming next? This dude's second in charge of the entire known world. He could do whatever he wants to his brothers. He'd be like, bye, hey, off with their heads, and they'd all be dead. But check out what happens. He says, he says, but don't be upset and don't get angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that has ravaged land for two years will last five more years. And then, uh, and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. Verse 7, God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. Listen to this, verse 8. So... It was God who sent me here, not you, not you. Joseph knew better than anyone that God had placed him in that family for a purpose and for a reason to reach that family with the love of God. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for who you are and thank you for your word. I pray tonight, speak to us, God. Do what only you can do, God. Call us out to be light to our families, to love our families, to share your love with our families whatever it takes. God, thank you that the Lakers got the number four draft pick. God, I just pray you send Kyrie our way. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Hey, look at your neighbor. Say whatever it takes and then take your seat. Joseph's family was crazy. Man, that family, anybody got a crazy family? You're like, my family's crazy. Like, they never sold me to slavery, but my family's crazy. Hey, my family's crazy. Um, I remember my first, like, my first actual fight at school, like, not with my brothers and stuff, but, like, my first fight at school, this kid was, like, like, picking on me, and I didn't hit my growth spurt till I was, like, 24, and so I was a real small kid, and um, it was fourth grade. I remember it was fourth grade because my older brother's three years older than me, and he, uh, he was in elementary school with me, you know, the, for up until third grade, because, you know, then he went to junior high. Um, their uh, elementary school, we are still in elementary school in sixth grade uh, where, I, where I grew up, and and it was the first year I didn't have my older brother to, like, go fight my battles for me. And so, and so this kid's bullying me, and, and I keep going home with, like, black eye, bloody lip. My mom, like, called the staff, and they're like, we haven't caught anyone doing anything, so there's not much that we can do about him. My mom's like, you can, my son could point out the kid, and they're like, well, if we didn't catch him, we can't really do anything. And so um, I keep on getting bullied by this kid, and I go home, and my mom, my mom hits me with this thing. She says, Corey, you come home with another black eye, I'm going to give you one to match it. I'm like, Mom... I don't know you're allowed to tell me that. She said, you come home with another fat lip, I'm going to make it even fatter. And she said, here's the thing, Cole, you need to learn this, and you need to learn it now that your brother's not at school no more. In this family, we don't start fights, but we finish fights. And I was like, oh, word? <laughs> so <laughs> I went to school different. Like, I went to school like, you all remember the FedEx arrow I showed, showed you last week? Like, you're looking at your school different? I looked at my school different that day. I was like, I didn't know I could finish fights. So I go to school, and I just know, like, this bully, he's going to come up. And, and what he kept doing was when I would go to the drinking fountain at recess. Who remembers recess? They should bring recess to high school, man. Like, a little bit of, like, you know, like, Stress relieving or something. Play a little dodgeball. Play a little you know, butts up. Come on, anyone play butts up? Where's my boys at? Play some butts up, man. That was a game. And so, so what, what happens at recess when I was drinking out the water fountain, he would come up and he would push my face into the water fountain. 
And so I kept getting a busted lip. And, and I knew, I like walked up to the water fountain like, I know the game already, and it's the end game for you, bro. And I'm drinking the water, and I'm just waiting. And I'm, I hear his footsteps, and I turn around like, all right, this is it. And so, so I let him swing first because we don't start fights, we finish fights. So he swung, and then I jumped on him, and I just sat on him, and I just started beating <laughs> They're going to town on this kid. Here's the best part. I was, I was a fourth grader. He was a fifth grader. So like, you're the coolest kid if you beat up a fifth grader. The, the, the campus security had to literally pull me off of this kid. I had like bottled up rage toward like months of being bullied, right? And so my mom, they call my mom. They, she comes to the school. Yo, my mom showed up and, and she went off on everybody. She went off on, on, on every. She walked in, and she's going off on the principal. I told you. I, I was trying to tell you guys, like, this kid was bullying my kid. She went off on the vice principal. She went off on the security guard that pulled me off. She went off on the janitor. Like, the janitor was just walking by. I got nothing to do with it, right? And so my mom, my mom says, yo, and, and they, they tell my mom, well, he's getting suspended for three days. And my mom's like, that's fine, because in this family, we don't start fights, but we finish fights. She said, let's go, Corey. We're going to Knott's Berry Farm. I was like, oh, what? I said, let's go. We're going to Knott's Berry farm baby <laughs> I get outside I get outside I was like mom like you're the coolest mom ever are we really going to Knott's Berry Farm she said Corey we're broke you know we're not going to Knott's Berry Farm <laughs> you know my family my family's crazy they're crazy like but here's the thing every family is crazy every family's got their stuff every family's got issues and if you're taking notes that, that's actually my first point every family's got issues Every family has issues. All of us, everyone, even Thor had Loki. Like every family has got issues. Joseph's family got issues, but he didn't let his family's problem get in the way of his purpose. Stop letting your family's problems rob you of God's purpose. See, I get it. Your dad has got a temper. I get it. Your mom is never around. I get it. Your brother is a jerk. I get it. Your sister is drama. I get it. Every single family has got issues. Some of y'all, you're learning more of what not to be from your parents than you're learning of what to be from your parents. But maybe that's exactly why God's got you there. Maybe that's exactly why you had to be there. See, don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Someone shout, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. And then the, I, I think it's a little bit late, but I think it's the same way with your crazy dysfunctional friends too. Like some of y'all got some crazy dysfunctional friends. You know the friends like, the friends you're like, yo, I really want them to come to church, but I'm so stressed as what they're gonna say and do when I get them to church. You're like, you're like prepping them in the car ride on the way to church, like, hey, uh, so like, you know, like don't sing Calvin Cambridge when we get there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't sing that song. If you know what song that is, you're not saved. <laughs> like, look, you can't, say, you can't say this, 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 and this word. Also, if somebody bumps you during worship, that's kind of normal, please don't punch them in the face. Like, here at Bridge Youth, we don't start fights and we don't finish fights. None of that when we're at Bridge Youth. Like, you're prepping them like, and I think it's the same when it comes to your friends. When it comes to family, God has you there. Reach them whatever it takes. See, um, your family's issues can't be your excuse for closing off your heart to your family. Some of you all, you have your heart open to God and closed off to your family. Why? Because they got issues. They're messed up. 
Well, that can't be your excuse for not reaching out to them. Joseph's, Joseph's brothers beat him up, betrayed him, and sold him into slavery. And yet he forgave them. He provided them food. He saved their lives. He didn't let his family's problems get in the way of the purpose God had for him. And see, if, if, he, if, he, if he had let the, the problems and the issues get in the way, well then, like, we'd be reading a different story. Right, like, he would have he looked at this moment um, for revenge instead of redemption. This moment where his brothers were standing in front of him, and he's the second, second in charge of the whole known world, the strongest military force the world had known at that time, he would have looked at this moment for revenge instead of reconciliation. He would have looked at even the odds. But a whatever-it-takes attitude doesn't look to even the odds. A whatever-it-takes attitude says, I'll go through hell if it means my family gets to go to heaven. That's what a whatever-it-takes attitude says. And Joseph went through hell so that he could end up in a position where he could save his family's lives. They literally, they would have starved to death. On top of that, he could have been the one to take their lives, and yet he didn't. You gotta fight for your family. You gotta pray for your family. You gotta show them God's love. You gotta show them God's mercy. You gotta show them God's forgiveness. You're called to your family, even if your family has issues. Even if your family has issues. Don't, don't sit back and be like, don't, don't play this game. I was talking to this kid. At, I spoke at summer camp last year, not the week that we were there. Josh Jameson spoke the week that we were there. I'm so stoked to have Josh here, man. I FaceTimed him for about an hour yesterday uh, talking about summer weekend. You guys, don't miss summer weekend. I promise you this. If you miss it, you'll regret it. If you don't miss it, you won't regret it. I promise you. It's going to be a great, great, great weekend. But um. Uh, I, I spoke at summer camp, and um, I was talking to this kid who was like, I'm struggling with my family because my family's so messed up, and I want to share, um, share the love of God with my family, but, but they're so messed up. And so I, I tell him, hey, you know, why don't you try this or this? And, he said, and he'd go, yeah, but, and then he'd go on a little tangent. I'd go, okay, well, why don't you try this or this? And he'd go, yeah, but, and then he'd go on a little tangent. And I said, well, why don't you try this or this? And he said, well, yeah, but, and then I just stopped him. I was like, look, bro, everything that I've told you, you've said, yeah, but, and here's the thing about excuses. Excuses are like butts. Everybody's got them, and they stink. I'm like, stop. That's a joke. I'm going to be 30 next week, you guys. Like, just get ready for all those kinds of jokes because they're on their way. Like, I just told him, bro, you said yeah, but to everything that I've told you. Do you want to reach your family or not? Because it's going to cost you whatever it takes. I know your family has issues. Don't let that be the excuse for why you're not loving your family, why you're not reaching your family, why you're not showing them the love and the grace and the mercy of the Jesus that you know. Because every family's got issues. Somebody say amen. My second point um, tonight is, uh, you know, Joseph, he doesn't look at this moment as a moment for revenge, but of redemption and reconciliation. He forgave his family. That's my second point tonight. Some of y'all, you got to forgive your family. We talk about forgiveness a lot around here because it's something we all struggle with, and we struggle with it often. We struggle with forgiveness often. So we talk about a lot. And, and as we're digging into Joseph's story, I can't help but to see this massive theme of forgiveness. And I can't imagine if Joseph didn't forgive them, the story would look so, so different. Um, I remember when I was a kid talking about my crazy family, me and my brother, we were supposed to be cleaning our room, but like normal boys, instead of cleaning, we was wrestling, you know? And 
We're trying all the WWE. That's, this was back when it was still WWF. Doing all the WWF moves on each other. And like normal boys, it's like we're at home. So the attire, the dress attire is chonies. Like you don't wear, there's no pants involved in this situation. There was no shirts involved in this situation. So we're wrestling, we're messing with each other. And my brother um, would do these things. He was much, much, much bigger than me. Keep in mind, I didn't hit my growth spurt until I was like 25. And so he picked me up and he throw me into our closet door. We had those sliding doors, right? One problem. Our closet door was a mirror, which was dope when you wanted to check out the full outfit. You know, you're like, I can see the whole outfit head to toe. This, I like this mirror. It's not as good when you're not wearing a shirt and your brother throws you into the mirror and then the mirror breaks. That, not so good. So I had all this glass in my back, like literally a ton of little tiny pieces of glass all in my back. And so my mom hears, my mom runs in, and she's, you know, my brother started the fight, my mom was finishing the fight situation. And, and so then... Uh, next scene, we're in the living room. My brother's standing in the corner. Did anyone have to stand in the corner when you are a kid? It's like, yeah, that's the worst, man. Like, just spank me and get it over with. Like, stand in the corner for four weeks? That's ridiculous. My God. And so my brother's standing in the corner, right? And, my, and I'm laying on the floor in the living room, and my mom's got tweezers, and she's pulling all these little pieces of glass out of my back. And from the corner, all muffled because he's against the wall, I hear my brother go, I'm sorry, Corey. <laughs> and I'm laying face down and like, your brothers, you know? It's like, it's your brother. Like, you, you, you do anything for your brother. So he's like, I'm sorry, Corey. I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> and I think like, man, a lot of that was probably because I was a little kid, you know? And when you're a kid, you just like, someone hurts you, messes up, and you're just like, it's okay. Man, what if we just continue to have that childlike heart where when someone hurts us and they're like, I'm sorry, you're like, it's okay. Like, no, no, and, and then people get all weird, right? Because you're like, no, you're supposed to, like, get revenge, not just, like, redemption and reconciliation off the bat. Like, be mad at me. You're like, no, no, it's okay. And they're like, this is so weird. Like, nobody forgives like this. And you're like, well, somebody does. I didn't tell you about him. Uh, you can come to church if you want to, you know. It's like, it's okay, bless you. It's okay. Uh, check out, check this out. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. This is the message revision. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense, quick, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master, your father, Jesus, God, as he forgave you. We gotta, we gotta be quick to forgive. The big stuff and the small stuff. See, some of you guys, when I said forgive your family, like you're like, oh, this is the part of the message where I get to kick back and I get to chill because my parents are still married. Like, life is good. Neither one of them run off. Like. No one's abandoned, no one's abused, I'm good. But here's the thing, I'm talking about the big stuff and the little stuff. Sometimes we carry the little stuff longer than the big stuff because it doesn't weigh as much. You know, when you're carrying the big stuff and you're like, oh my gosh, and yeah, for some of you this isn't big. For me, I don't lift weights, okay, so this is really heavy for me. Um, and here's the thing, from this side of the stage to that side of the stage, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to put this down already, right? When you've, when you've faced abandonment, abuse, molestation, and you're at this place of depression and unforgiveness, and it's like tearing up your life, and your, or your parents have been divorced, or your dad, like, legitimately, you haven't seen him in weeks because all he cares about is his job, and that big stuff, you're like, pretty quickly, you're like, I need to get rid of this, right? Like, I can't ugh, be carrying that around forever. But the little stuff... I could carry this around for years, right? This is, I could go on a jog with this. Are you kidding me? Like, this is fun. This is like the little annoyances, the everyday stuff. The, 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 
Your little sister wore your shoes without asking you again. Your little brother has his own freaking room, but he's always in your room. Your mom can't stop nagging you after school about doing your homework when you're like, Mom, I was just at school for like 17 hours. Can I take a 10-minute nap? <laughs> and you don't know my math teacher. She's crazy, right? Like, this is, this is that stuff. This is, the, this is the, like, your dad didn't make it to the last game, and you're pretty sure he's not making it to the next one. He might be at the one following that, but he just seems to always have something better to do. It's the little stuff. And you can carry this around. Now, here's the thing about the little stuff. The little stuff adds up. Can I do a little demonstration for you guys with my guitar? Y'all didn't know I played guitar. Is that cool? Okay. I'm going to do it anyways. It's in the notes. I'm breaking stuff, guys. All right, so I have something called a looper. Is this on, sound guy? Okay, it's on. So the little stuff adds up. It adds up. Things, things pile on top of each other. And similarly with like a looper where, you know, I press this and, and it'll just go over and over again, right? It's just going to loop whatever I play. And when I start out and it's something like, Right, like that doesn't sound like much, right? That sounds like someone just started playing guitar. They watched like two YouTube videos and they can't even hit smoke on the water yet. And you're like, this sounds terrible. I also play drums, but we don't have a looper on the drums, so I'll make a beat on my guitar. I'll wait for it to loop all the way around. Here it goes. be something there now actually and then you add in the it's coming together it's layering up little thing going on where now like it's looping so I don't I don't have to play anymore and this is what I mean by the little stuff is that you got this like soundtrack playing in the back of your life all the time and the little stuff starts adding up and like for me and my wife uh, we fight the most we <laughs> we don't fight we we get into heated verbal disputes the most when we're in the car, right? And like, I'm just gonna say how it is. This woman can't drive. Like this woman, <laughs> she thinks I can't drive. I'm like, you shift. So all of our cars are stick shift. So it's like, I'm like, woman, you've been driving how long? And I just know she's over here like, look, Corey, come on. If you like the way you drive that much, well, baby, you could go and drive yourself. 
and she's just ready to sing that song because the soundtrack's just behind her and she's just carrying all the little stuff, right? And then you got your friend who just can't stop talking, loves the way her own voice sounds, even on Twitter. You're like, oh my gosh, woman. Like, come on. If you like the way your voice sounds that much, baby, you could go and talk to yourself. <laughs> your, your brother can't, like your little brother can't stop wearing your shoes, dude. You're like, look, man, they're five sizes too big for you. Cut up. Your little sister never asks to go in your closet, but she goes up in your closet and takes your stuff anyways. You're like, I'm fine with it. Just ask. Just ask. You're like, if you like the way my clothes fit on you that much, well, baby, you could go to Amazon. Two-day shipping. Don't borrow my stuff. Now, here's the reality. You're just walking through your whole life, like, with this soundtrack going. And you're like, I don't like the way he looked at me. <laughs> Gosh. This thing's getting a little heavy, though. And at any given time, you're just like, backwards hat in church, check your heart. Oh, that pastor's got tattoos? I don't know about all that. Wow, okay, just bust out your flashlights in church, but you ain't never bust out your Bible app. What's the reality is you have this thing behind you ready at any given time to have some attitude because you're just focusing on the little stuff. It's all, it's all a focus thing. What's your focus? Have you let this tiny little thing, remember? Remember the first little bass line? This sounds terrible. Now we have a whole song and you just let it build up. You know what you got to do? It's got to shut it off. You got to just shut it off. What does it mean to shut off? It means to stop focusing on it. Shut it off. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, shut it off. See how easy that was? What are you focusing on? In your family, maybe you don't, maybe you don't have this stuff uh, so heavy and like, man, you couldn't make it, you couldn't make it around the corner with this. So you let it go and you gave it to God. Maybe, but maybe what you have is a ton of little stuff that you're constantly carrying around with you. I, I love how, I love how in this story, in this moment with Joseph, um, what happens is that, is that he ends up forgiving his brothers in a way where he said, what did he say? He said, hey, come closer. He brought them in closer Is your family afraid to get close to you because you always got attitude about something? Your mom wants to be your friend and talk about how good your day was or how bad your day was. And you're just like, you're so annoying, mom. Get out of my business. She don't want to be in your business. She wants to be in your life. But you're just carrying around the little stuff, just always annoyed. You got to turn it off. Well, Pastor Corey, like, it's so difficult. You don't even know. My family's got so many issues. It's hard to just turn it off, to just forgive, and, and to move on. How, how do I even do that? You throw a filter on it. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you are the filter generation. You see on Snapchat everyone doing the guy-girl filters? Is anybody's birthday coming up soon? I got a birthday present for you right now. Here's JJ as a girl. You're welcome. She's about to ask you for all your hot Cheetos. 
I, I, I got more for you. I got, who, who, do, who do I have next? Hey, hey, here's Kai Thompson as a girl. <laughs> she, she's a cheerleader, for sure. She's a cheerleader. I ain't done yet, though. Here's, here's Noah Southall as a, as, a, as a girl. That woman is like my mom who walks into the school and just, like, defends her boy no matter what. Here's the thing. You put a filter on stuff. You put a filter over some Hey, I'm a good I'm a good looking girl, okay? I but Snapchat, Snapchat did me dirty. I don't need that much blush. You know what I'm saying? You see these cheekbones? I'm fine with a little bit of they put too much on there. Now here's the thing, you see me so different and you can't unsee that. <laughs> you can't unsee that, right? But what does a filter do? It helps you see things different. That's what you need to do with your family. You need to throw a filter on it. A filter? Yeah, you need to throw a filter on it. What, what are you talking about a filter? Maybe your parents are actually doing their best. And your dad keeps missing your games, but, yo, his dad was never even around his entire life. I mean, your mom is constantly yelling at you, and she's just lashing out verbally constantly. She never put her hands on you. She's never beat you. It's, it's not one of these things, you know. It's one of these things. But guess what? She had one of those things, and her mom beat her. And she's just doing her best. She's trying to figure this out. Yo, there's no manual. There's no manual to being a parent. But what if, what if your brother is actually doing his best? What, what if your parents are actually doing their best? Throw that filter on it. You know what, Dad? Like, I'm carrying some stuff, but I'm going to put it down because I know how you were raised. And, and I see that you're doing your best. Throw a filter. Throw a filter on that. Here's a filter. God's forgiven you. Now, now see, your, your parents doing your best. Often... Often we, we say this, hurt people hurt people. Often if someone's hurt you, it's because they were hurt, and that's the response to have been hurt, is that they turn around and they hurt someone else. Now, hurt people hurt people, but forgiven people forgive people. So if God's forgiven you, and I know some of y'all, you got like a track record. Your list of wrongs is long just like mine. And if, God's, if God has forgiven me, if God's forgiven you, who are we to not forgive others? There's a filter how about this filter? Forgiveness actually brings families closer. Remember Joseph leaned in and said, guys, come closer. And his brothers are all scared. They're like, oh, my gosh, he's getting us closer so, like, he can bust out that sword and, like, decapitate us, you know, because he could do whatever he wants. He's second in charge of the whole world. And he says, hey, don't beat yourselves up. God used all of this. God's used all of this. And actually, I'm here um, so I can save your lives. And it brought the family even closer if you will commit to being the first to forgive, it'll actually bring your family closer. Now, here's the thing. That's really hard. But are we going to commit to whatever it takes or not? Sometimes forgiving someone who's hurt you, it actually, it, like, that, that hurts. Like, it hurts to forgive someone like that, to let that go. But it'll actually bring families closer. Forgive. Forgive. I think um, if Joseph didn't forgive his family, what would have happened to his family? Well, they would have died of starvation at least. If you don't forgive your family, what's going to happen to your family? If you don't show them God's love, grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, if you don't share his love story with them, what will happen 
to them. Because the whatever it takes attitude says, I'll go through hell if it means my family goes to heaven. As the band heads up tonight, um, my last point, my last point is this. um, Never give up. Never give up. Never give up on your family. Let me say this. Never give up on your family even if your family gives up on you. Joseph's family gave up on him, sold him into slavery, but he never gave up on his family. Your family is often the easiest one to give up on. And I think that that's might be, that might be why Jesus was constantly telling people after they got saved, all this stuff happened. Jesus was like, okay, cool, now go home. Because your neighbor said, go home. Not right now, I'm preaching um, later. Jesus always said, go home. Go to, I think often when you give your life to Jesus, when you start following Jesus in a real way, in a tangible way, and you start serving him, the first people he'll call you to reach out to is your family. Oh, my, I'm so called to missions. I want to go to Mexico. Let me go to, wait, before you go to Mexico, go to your mom. I want to make disciples of the nations. All right, before the disciples, what about your dad? I really feel like God's calling me to do big things. Then go hug your big brother. I I really feel God's just put something significant on my heart. You know who's significant? Your little sister. I want to, you know, I I just want to go to another country. Why don't you go to your cousin? (laughs) Often Jesus was saying, go home first. Never give up on your family, no matter how long it takes, no matter how difficult it might be. Amber and I, if you could come up here, Amber and I are in a really cool season of life as we've been praying for some of our family for a while. And I wanted Amber to share just a little bit about that. So I have an older sister and she's about a year and a half older than me. And um, we grew up in just chaos. Um, And so she grew up with a lot of anger and was an absolute atheist, did not believe in God at all. And for 12 years, 12 years, guys, I've been praying for her to come to know the Lord in a genuine way, to get saved, but really just to have this personal relationship with God. And there were times in those 12 years where I was very frustrated. There were times in those 12 years that I was very encouraged because God sparked, you know, that like, um, to like never give up, like, okay, keep praying, all right, I'm gonna keep praying. I felt like God spoke to me. But then there were times where I'm like, when is this gonna happen? I'm so frustrated. Three years ago, God spoke to me through a pastor in a service and my perspective changed. I wasn't 12 years, it wasn't like, oh God, I've been praying for 12 years. It was like I'm 12 years closer to the moment where she finds the Lord and she has this moment with him and she finds life. Well, a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, on um, April 19th, um, Good Friday, my sister gave her heart to the Lord, and she, yeah, it's amazing. It is amazing. She, it is, and I knew, I was like, this girl, when she comes to know the Lord, she's going to even lead her family. It's, it is a miracle, a full God, faithful miracle. And I was 12 years closer to that moment. I got to see and hear, and my sister called me, and I got to walk her through everything. Um, I got to see her saved. And actually what's crazy is she just texted me a minute ago. And they're getting, her and her whole family are getting baptized here at the Bridge Church second service on June 30th. Yeah, that's amazing. 
I didn't even I didn't even tell her to get baptized. God is speaking to her very specifically. She I bought her her first Bible. She already read through Genesis. She is like all in. And she texted me a minute ago, and I sent her the instructions for the baptism. And she I wasn't going to share this until a minute ago. She said, reading the instructions, and I'm so excited. The old me will symbolically be dead. God did an entire inside work in her because I didn't give up. Don't give up on your family. It doesn't matter how many years you're into praying. You're years closer, not further away from that moment where they come to find the Lord and everything changes. My sister is a different person because she met Jesus. And God can do it for any of you in this room if he can do it for me. Never, ever, ever give up on your family. That's 12, 13 years that we've been praying for them, and we're just on the other side of it. If he could do it for us, he could do it for you, your family, your friends. Don't give up. Don't stop praying. Don't give up on your family, but, um, but don't give up on yourself either. Wait, Pastor Corey, I thought we are talking about family. This is all about family, right? Yeah, but if you give up on yourself, you automatically give up on everyone else. Don't give up on yourself. I know too well what it means and what it feels like to always struggle with feeling insignificant because I came from an insignificant family. Uh, my last name didn't give me any credit, any, any, any validation. My family was broke. My dad abandoned us. I know what it feels like to feel insignificant because your family's insignificant. I know what it feels like to, um, to struggle with the idea that God's got big plans for a broken person. It's like, it's like, uh, let me see, where's somebody I semi don't know? Somebody I, I totally know you, man. Come on, get out of here. Someone I semi don't know. Hey, what's, what's your name, man? Jason. We've, wait, we've met, huh? Never mind, Jason. Jason's my stepdad's middle name. Let's see, I, I mean, I know you. You're always here. What's going on here? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. What's up, girl? Come here. I don't know. I don't know who you are. Okay. What's your name? Mary Claire. Mary Claire. Mary Claire. Um, I have $20 for you, Mary. But you want 20 bucks? Who doesn't want 20 bucks, right? Like, Go to H&M, you have a new wardrobe with 20 bucks, okay? Uh, of course you want the 20 bucks. Um, do you still want the 20 bucks? Right, like, you still want the 20 bucks? Are you sure? Do you still want it? You, st you still want the 20 bucks? Are you sure? But, like, now it's so, like, it's so wrinkled and it's so beat up and it's so messed up and it's been stomped on, it's been abused, it's been used, it's all messed up, but... It's never lost its value. Some of you thought because you were used, abused, abandoned, talked down to, forgotten about, pushed aside, never remembered, your family played favoritism and you were not the favorite, you thought you lost your value. You didn't lose your value. Thank you, Mary, I appreciate it. You better tithe off that, I'm just saying. It doesn't matter how many times you stomp and step on a 20. In fact, you could actually rip a, a, a piece of money in half and tape it back together in places, half to take it. 
Some of y'all thought that you lost your value. Can I tell you tonight, you may have been stepped on, forgotten about, pushed aside, abandoned, abused even. And because of that, like I have no, you think, you think I have no significance? I'm so broken. No way does God have big plans for a broken person like me. But you're so valuable, talking about family, you're so valuable that God wants you in his family. So much, so much that he had a whatever it takes mentality. And he did whatever it takes. And he sent his son, Jesus, to die for your sins, for my sins, so that we could be a part of his family forever. So that the day that we die, that as soon as our eyes close here, our eyes will open in heaven with our heavenly father and our heavenly family. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on yourself. Would you pray with me? God, right now in this moment, I pray that each and every one of us would want nothing more than to be a part of your family. Thank you, Jesus, that you, you valued us so much. That you came and you died on a cross for our sins so that we could be a part of your family. I pray that tonight, God, that we would open our hearts to you. With every head bowed, with every eye closed. Maybe tonight in this moment, maybe you even come from a broken family and this whole idea of belonging and having a heavenly father, it's just like there's nothing in the world that you want more. Maybe you've, maybe you've made some mistakes and maybe you've made some decisions that have left you feeling broken and, and valueless. Can I tell you, you've never lost your value. God loves you so much. And if you would just respond to him, man, you become a part of his family and forever and ever and ever, you could call him your heavenly father. And so tonight, I'm gonna give you that opportunity. This is your moment, this is your time. The Bible says that tomorrow's not promised to anyone. And I'm gonna ask you to respond in a really simple way. In a moment, I'm gonna count to three. And when I get to three, I just want you to stand to your feet. Every eye closed, every head bowed. I just want you to stand to your feet when I get to three. Here's the reality. The Bible says, uh, Jesus talking, he said, if you acknowledge me before people, then I'll acknowledge you before my Father and the angels in heaven. But if you deny me before people, I'll deny you before the Father and the angels in heaven. So I know that this moment, it's going to take some courage and it's going to take some bravery. But I believe, man, this step in this moment it's the most significant thing you'll ever do with your life, saying, God, I want you to be my heavenly father. I want to be a part of your family. I want to know that when I die, I'm going to go to heaven and be with you forever. I want you to wash away all my sins. Forgive me of that so I can move forward as your daughter, as your son. So if that's you, man, this is your moment. This is your time. God's calling you. Some of you, some of you guys, your heart's already beating because you're thinking about this. You're like, yeah, do I stand up? Do I not? If your heart's beating right now and you're thinking about this, can I tell you, that's the Holy Spirit. That's God. He's stands at the door of your heart and he knocks. He's not going to kick down the door because he's a gentleman. You standing up, that's just you opening the door to God saying, I want to step into a relationship with you. So when I get to three, you stand to your feet. One, two, three. Right now, stand up. Anybody else? Best decision you'll ever make with your life. Anybody else? Man, I'm so proud of you. 
I'm so proud of you. This is the best decision that you'll ever make with your life. I promise you that. Anybody else? Come on. We'll wait one more moment. One more moment. This next part's going to be, um, it's going to take some more courage. Um, but I promise you this, it's the best decision you'll ever make with your life. If you're standing up, if you're standing up right now, I want you to get out of your seat. Come meet me at the front right now. Come on. Get out of your seat. Meet me at the front. You got to push past some people. Push past them. You got to tell them, hey, open your eyes for a second. Then close them back up. I'm trying to get to the front. Man, best decision. You guys, I'm so, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you guys. This is the best decision you will ever make with your life. I promise you that. I promise you that. There's a lot of decisions in life that I've regretted. This moment, the decision you're making, I've, I've, never, I've never regretted this decision. And hey, like most people in the room are cheating right now. We said heads bowed, eyes closed, and they're all looking, you know what I'm saying? You guys can look, you're fine. This is your moment right now. Um, but Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before people, uh, God bless you girls, and so awesome. So awesome. Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before people, I'll acknowledge you before my Father and the angels in heaven. There'll be a day when you get to heaven, and it's going to be like, oh, man, like, the, there's the red velvet rope. Do I get in? Do I not? And Jesus is going to be like, hey, he's with me. Come on. She's with me. Come on. That's the decision that you just made. You're part of God's family now. So what we're gonna do, we're just gonna pray. Praying is talking to God. Maybe you're like, I've never prayed before. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, don't worry. I'm gonna give you the words. I'm gonna give you the words, but they're your words. Wrap your heart around them. Believe them with everything in you, and you will be saved. So would you do this? Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Everybody's gonna pray, because just like you're a part of God's family, we're a family. So we're gonna pray with you. You won't be alone. All of us are gonna pray this. I'm gonna give you the words. Just repeat them right out loud, right after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart, I give you my life, I give you everything. I'm gonna follow you from this day forward. Thank you for loving me, thank you for accepting me and making me a part of your family. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, before you go anywhere, there's one more thing I wanna do. Um, you're about to take like steps into the next like the next week is going to be like the most important week of your life and what you just did um though it's really significant uh god is real and so is the enemy and like the enemy is real pissed at the decision that you just made because saying yes to god opens a lot of doors of significant things to happen in your life and so what we want to do is we want to help you dodge the enemy and walk with Jesus. And so we have set up this thing called the next seven days. I feel like it's really our responsibility to help you walk out this, um, this next seven days. And so uh, we've filmed some videos. I've filmed some videos of literally me just talking through what the next seven days will look like in your faith journey. And literally, like, if you have YouTube, that's how it works. We're just going to send you some YouTube videos, connect with you. I'm literally going to, like, be with you guys. I don't know where you'll watch this, like, the gym, walking to school, like, math class. You're like, teacher satanic. But Pastor Corey, he's chill. I'm going to listen to him. Like, don't listen to next seven days in your math class. But I promise you this. It'll bless you. 
and it'll help you. If you look to your right, my left, this is Sky and Jolene. They just want to connect with you guys, get you those videos. We got some snacks and some drinks over there for you guys. So, man, would you just follow them right this way out into the foyer? And while they do, hey, can we just welcome people into God's family right now? Go ahead and follow Sky Jolene straight out there. We want to get you those cards. We want to connect with you guys. We want to get you those videos. We love you guys so much. So proud of you guys. Seriously, you're never going to regret the decision that you just made. Hey, no one distracting anybody. Would you stand to your feet? Would you head to the front? One more thing we want to do tonight. Just like they just had a very significant moment. So proud of you guys as you head out. Would you guys head to the front? Um, here's what I want to do. I want to take a moment right now to pray for our families. How many of y'all would say, my family needs some prayer? Come on, somebody. Come on. Hey, would you guys press up just a little bit, make some room for people behind you. I want, as a family, to have this moment to pray for families. And there's a couple, um, there's a couple, couple things I want to pray for specifically. Um, Genesis 45, verse 7, Joseph tells his brothers, hey, God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. Listen, so it was God who sent me here not you. God's appointed you. He chose you to be in your family. What's the end game when it comes to our family? It's to reach our family and our friends with the love of God, whatever it takes. Someone say, whatever it takes. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray right now. And God answers prayers. We're on the other side of 12, 13 years of praying for family, and I get to dunk them in a thing called baptism next month. Man, I'm so excited for that, and God can answer your prayers too. So a couple things, um, really, really quick. We're gonna, this moment's gonna happen fast, but it's gonna be significant. If you have family members who are currently, um, if you have anybody in your family who's sick, maybe in the hospital struggling with health stuff, would you raise your hand really quick? I wanna pray for you, okay. If you have family members who, um, Family members who are not saved, they don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They don't live for God. Would you throw your hand up right now? My hand's up right now, too. You have any family members who are not saved, I'm going to pray for them. I believe God's going to answer that prayer. Lastly, if you feel like God, um, if you have any family members, if your let me say it like this. If your family, you feel like your family is under attack by the enemy, would you raise your hand real quick? In any way. Would you do this? Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? I want to pray over our families right now. God, I pray in Jesus' name for every family member who is sick, struggling in their health. By your stripes, we are healed. And so I pray healing over those family members right now in Jesus' name. I pray that through your Holy Spirit, even now while we're here and they are wherever they're at, maybe they're at home, maybe they're at the hospital, maybe they're in hospice, God, maybe they're, they're under uh, uh, medical care, wherever they're at, God, would you just Put your hand upon them. Give them peace in their bodies and healing over their bodies. God, I pray for every single one of our family members who do not know you. God, would you, would you soften their hearts? God, would you, would you help them to have moments where they discover you? Just like mine and Amber's sister Ashley and, and, and brother-in-law Dominic, would you soften their hearts? to have a moment of humility where they come to you 
where they respond to you and your love and your grace and your mercy. I pray salvation over every single one of our households. And God, right now, in Jesus' name, I bind the enemy and I say his plans over our families will not prevail. I just say right now, God, yes to your plans and no to everything else. God, would you come and just put put your hand of protection over every single one of our families, God, so that your will can be done in our families as it is in heaven, so that your will be can, can be done in every single one of us, God. Use us to reach our family with your love, whatever it takes. And God, build our faith to believe for big things. You're a mountain-moving God. You're a God of the impossible. Would you use us to do the impossible in our families? In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Let's worship God.